name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them, and I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you, and in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
us pray. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come, that by your protection we may be rescued from the threatening perils of our sins and saved by your mighty deliverance. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the first Sunday in Advent is recorded in the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 23. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In his days... Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name by which he will be called, the Lord our righteousness. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that they shall no longer say, as the Lord lives, who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt, but as the Lord lives, who brought up and led the descendants of the house of Israel from the north country and from all the countries where I had driven them, and they shall dwell in their own land. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. The epistle is recorded in St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 13. Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 21st chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. When they drew near Jerusalem, and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. All this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to Let us confess the faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
the Spirit and the Church cry out. Come, Lord Jesus. All those who await his appearance pray. The whole creation pleads. Tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you. Lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. This is the word of the Lord. Joy characterized the multitudes that received Jesus into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. They were those who had been in the congregations to whom Jesus preached. They received from him a comfort that they received nowhere else. And with everything that Jesus did, it was as if they were seeing the unfolding of the sacred scriptures, for faith is rooted in the word of God. And so is joy. So when he came into Jerusalem on that first Palm Sunday, they confessed their faith in him as Messiah, recalling the words of the prophet Zechariah, tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of the donkey. They heard from his ministry, that they need not be afraid of him. He was their savior. And in the words of the Passover psalm, they acknowledged him to be Messiah. Hosanna, save us now, son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. There was rapturous joy on that Palm Sunday. The world also has its joy. And the world also has its celebrations. And you and I share in those times of joy and celebration. And there is nothing wrong with that. They can mark momentous occasions in the life of a person or a family. Like a marriage. I remember my marriage. The time of great joy. Or the birth of a child. Hardly has there been a time that was more joyous than that. A graduation from college. The reception of a reward for some type of lifetime achievement. These celebrations can bring about rapturous joy, and there is nothing wrong with these kinds of celebrations. We have them as Christians, but those who are not Christians also experience those times of joy. But as wonderful as they can be, they do not last. I had great joy in the fall of 2016 when the Cubs won the World Series, but now they're not very good anymore. Joy one fall, gone the next. Christian joy, however, is different. The joy that those pilgrims experienced as Jesus rode into Jerusalem was different. Christian joy, Christian happiness, Christian celebration is rooted in what a Christian believes about himself and about Christ. It is a joy that transcends feelings. It is a joy even in the midst of horrendous suffering and anguish of soul. It is rooted in truth, a truth that the world does not know and cannot understand apart from faith in Christ. I love the line from Bernard of Clairvaux who said, the love of Jesus, what it is, none but his loved ones know. The pilgrims who greeted Jesus as he rode into Jerusalem sang his praises because they had been touched by his love. 
They were among those who had been in the congregations to which Jesus preached. They heard his word. On the one hand, you could say they were like any other group of people in the ancient world or even today. Some of them had been touched by disease, as some of us have been touched by disease. Some had been afflicted by a debilitating illness that, as long as they lived in this life, would never leave them. Many felt the burdens of an oppressive government. Some struggled to provide for their families. All of them experienced a world of godlessness and evil. Some things haven't changed, have they? Many felt the burden of their own personal failings, their own shortcomings, their own disappointments, the reality of sin. Others knew the grief of broken relationships or the loss of a loved one in death. On the one hand, these people were just like people today. On the other hand, these people were different. Though they suffered like any other group of people, Jesus preaching gave them joy they learned truths about themselves, and they learned truths about Christ's love for them that only Christians know. They learned through Jesus' preaching that although all of the problems under which they suffered were a result of human sin and human rebellion against God, nevertheless, God still loved them. Though they were sinners, they understood through his preaching that they were the object of his love and of his salvation. To be sure, there were things that that multitude on Palm Sunday did not understand about Jesus. Who of us does know and understand everything there is to know and understand about the Lord Jesus? But they were touched by his love and his forgiveness was the source of their joy. It is the same for us. His forgiveness that we don't deserve, that we have not earned in the slightest, but which he more than anything else wants to give to us and communicate to us. His forgiveness is the source of joy. But we so easily forget it or lose sight of it or fail to grasp the significance of what we believe as Christians. Sometimes we ignore what we know to be true and look for lasting joy elsewhere in the things of this world or in our accomplishments. If I can only do this, then I will feel better again until all of the same old problems come back to haunt us. Christian joy begins with a faith that fully accepts what God says about me as a sinner. Without self-justification, without rationalization, the unvarnished truth of who I am, and yet a faith that dares to believe that I am nevertheless the one whom Christ loves and for whom Christ went to the cross and suffered the ultimate punishment because he loved me. Christ forgives me. Christ loves me. Christ gives me his life and sets me free. He became sin for me that I might become the righteousness of God in him. And this righteousness of Christ reconciles me to God. And it reconciles you to God. It is why the prophet Jeremiah, in the midst of all of his sorrow, in a church that was falling apart around him, and in a society and culture in which there was nothing but rebellion and wickedness and death, could say, this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. The righteousness of Christ, the free gift 
of his forgiveness on account of his death. This is the source of Christian joy, lasting joy, eternal joy. And it is wrapped up in the singular truth, the Lord Jesus is our righteousness, and therefore in him we lack nothing. Now, if we don't really believe that, then the message of the gospel is not particularly comforting. In fact, people can hear objectively Jesus is the Son of God. He became incarnate, enfleshed in the womb of the Virgin Mary. He went to the cross. He bore the sins of the world. He suffered and died to make atonement for sin. He rose from the dead the third day, and forgiveness is a gift of salvation. They could articulate it. They could speak it back to us, but it means nothing to them because they do not believe it. And therefore, because they do not believe it, there is no comfort. And therein lies the dilemma. When Jesus says to you and to me in the midst of the struggles of our lives, whether it is the problem of our own sin or the sufferings of life that are caused because we live in a fallen world, when Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He is inviting us to trust in him. And this is at the heart of Advent repentance, to let go of reliance upon everything else and rely upon him who loves us enough that he gave his life for our salvation. Let go of yourselves, you say. Let go of what you think, what you believe, what you want, what you do, what you accomplish. Let go of everything. Let go of your education. Let go of your standing in life. Let go of everything. Trust me. I am your righteousness. I am your life. I am your Savior. This was the faith of those pilgrims who sang in such exuberant joy on Palm Sunday. Jesus was their Savior. Jesus loved them. And they had come to know it. And they had come to believe it. And they had come to stake everything in their lives in time and eternity upon it. And it made all the difference in the world. Did they understand on that Palm Sunday that in six days... Jesus, the one whom they confessed to be Savior, would die upon a cross? Did they understand that in that death he would actually bear all of human sin and misery? Likely they did not. But they understood, even as they sang the Passover psalm and applied those words, Hosanna to the Son of David, that his blood was the source of their forgiveness and eternal joy but they would understand it. They would come to know it. And that's what it is to be a Christian. Through the things that we struggle with in this life on our earthly pilgrimage, we learn every day more deeply the depth of God's love for us in the offering up of his Son for our salvation. One of the characteristics of Christian joy and there's joy throughout Advent. I'm glad, by the grace of God, I was able to be with you this first Sunday of a new church year. Even though the third Sunday in Advent is the pink, the rose-colored, rejoice in the Lord always, again I say rejoice, all of Advent is a time of rejoicing and joy. Because the promises of God fulfilled in Jesus are the fountain and source of life that will never end. And this Christian joy that emanates from the reception of the promises of God in Christ comes to us again and again and again throughout our lives as Christians when we hear anew throughout the struggles of our lives that the forgiveness 
of Jesus is for me. And you've had those experiences at the darkest times of your life. To be singing a hymn, to be hearing the promises of God, to hear a sermon, and by the grace of God to come to believe anew. This forgiveness is for me. This is the joy that is rooted in the certainty of salvation. That no matter how many problems I have, Christ is my righteousness. That in spite of my struggle with sin and human failings, Christ has redeemed me with his holy precious blood, with his innocent suffering and death. And in the midst of tears, though I am a sinner, Jesus loves me. He forgives me my sin. This is the joy of Advent, which means coming. A joy that celebrates the coming of the Son of God in human flesh to be what we are that we might become what he is. A joy that receives its strength in the daily coming of Jesus in his word of grace and mercy and the precious sacrament of his body and blood. A joy that looks forward to his second coming where we will see him face to face and he will wipe away all tears from our eyes. A joy that will never end. What joy to know when life is past, the Lord we love is first and last, the end and the beginning. He will one day, O oh glorious grace, transport us to that happy place beyond all tears and sinning. Amen, amen. Come, Lord Jesus, crown of gladness. We are yearning for the day of your returning. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. In addition to those listed in the congregation at prayer, we also pray for the family of Reverend Paul McCain, executive editor of Concordia Publishing House, who died suddenly this past week at the age of 58. Let us pray. To you, O Lord, we lift up our souls, and in you we put our trust. Do not let us be ashamed of our hope, but come quickly. Sustain us by your Holy Spirit, that we may have joy at the advent of Christ our Savior. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Lord, awaken your saints from sleep and idleness as we enter another church year. Encourage the preachers of your word and all who hear, for salvation is nearer us now than when we first believed. Bless those celebrating baptismal birthdays, especially Kirsten Franklin, Kent Franklin, and Annie Haga. Give boldness and faithfulness to Matthew, our synodical president, John, our district president, Michael, our circuit visitor, and all pastors in Christ. 
Renew the faith and quicken the love of all Christians to cast off the works of darkness, put on Jesus Christ, and live as children of the eternal day. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, preserve and bless all Christian households that husbands and wives would live in love and service to each other. Bless especially George and Sue Kaminsky, Kurt and Elsie Miley celebrating wedding anniversaries. Grant that fathers and mothers would diligently bring up their children in your fear and that children would honor their parents and be well equipped for service to their neighbors in this life. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, be with the governing authorities and enable them to preserve peace and order in our nation. Hear our prayers for Donald, our president, Tony, our governor, our military and police, and other civil servants as well as all newly elected officials. Increase the spirit of unity and cooperation among the people of our land and the nations of the world. Lord, in your mercy. Compassionate Lord, behold in mercy all who are in danger, trouble, sickness, or need. Hear our prayers for the sick and suffering, especially those recovering from the coronavirus within our own congregation and extended family. Carl Stemke and David Berger in their therapy, Jeremy LaFour and the members of his family as he battles ALS, Lois Burge, who recovers from an infection, Betty Ray Weber, who suffers with untreatable liver and bone cancer, Carl Dewey, who has returned home from the hospital, Jim Nietzsche, Brian Nienabor, Roger Laubenstein, Harlan Peterson, Jill Franklin, and Allison Witte in treatment for cancer. Give health to our world and bring the pandemic to an end. Comfort all who mourn, especially the family of Reverend Paul McCain. Sustain them with a confident hope in the resurrection. Lord, in your mercy. Eternal Lord, as your Son once entered humbly into Jerusalem to cries of Hosanna, so send him to us according to his promise in the Holy Sacrament, that we may eat his body and drink his blood in repentance and faith for the forgiveness of our sins and in the unity of a true confession. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord whose way John the Baptist prepared, proclaiming him the promised Messiah, the very Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, and calling sinners to repentance, that they might escape from the wrath to be revealed when he comes again in glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying,
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. O God the Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. And we ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Bless we the Lord. Praise be to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.